top. To Bumper. Up and in. Jimmy Bumper ties the game with a half. Saka at the point. He was moving toward the middle. Marshan thought he would stay along the boards. Hallmark turned it over. Bouncing puck. They score. Massive. Whew. What a night of sports. Too much going on last night. My goodness. Smart of the NBA and the NHL to have more shit going on last night than tonight. It's the NFL Draft. We'll talk about that, obviously. Three NBA series ended last night. And one NHL series continued. The playoffs are getting interesting. This is interesting to see. Daily Sports Podcast, News, Nervous Takes Gambling, and YouTube.com. Thanks for hanging out. Okay, so let's do this quick so that we can do our NFL draft preview, etc. We'll start in the National Hockey League, where the Boston Bruins are the greatest hockey team anyone's ever seen. Kid, no. False. The Panthers go on the road and steal a game from Boston, which they were leading essentially the whole time. Boston ties it up about 10 minutes left in the third, and the Panthers win it overtime on what can only be described as dipshittery by their goaltender. Let's watch it again. Watch him fuck this up for them. 47 shots on goal. That's not Boston's game. Observe. Boston, right here, shots on goal. That's not how Boston plays hockey. They like those numbers to be switched and for them to be in front, and they can just shut it down defensively. But for whatever reason, they actually suck more than we thought, and it would have been the easiest. You know how you can short stock? I don't know how people do that, but you just put bets on someone to fail. I would not have bet on Boston to win the Stanley Cup. I would like to have gone. Like, who won't win? Boston won't. Point. He was moving toward the middle. Marshan thought he Stops was... Stops it. So the goalie's about to outthink himself here. You can watch this on Spotify or YouTube. It's one of those things where they shoot the puck in behind the net. The goalie is exactly behind the net, pretty much. He's shaded to one side, but he's basically behind the net. And he could either shoot it the opposite way that the guy's coming, or he could reverse it back up the boards. And at this point, he's kind of dragging his ass, and the Florida guy is trying to win the Stanley Cup, and he's going fast. So watch him. Stay along the board. And he's just like, he. first of all, the funniest thing here is if you want to slow it down, this is great. You can watch on YouTube.com. He stick handles first. Watch the stick handle. Toward the middle. He's like, thought he would stay along oh, just give me a, oh, Okay. And then now the Florida guy has it. There's no one in the net, but it's fine because Boston outnumbers Florida two to one. Hallmark turned it over. And then so this is again very clever by the Florida guy. Instead of screwing around, he purposely shoots it off of the goalie who's scrambling to try to get back on the net. And therefore, the goalie can't control anything. He's just desperately trying to keep this puck out of the net. Boards. Hallmark turned and then, it boop, over. And just like kicks it right to the best player on the other team who has no net. All time in the world, backhand, he scores. They're going to win game six, I would imagine. They're a better team, but man, they will not be winning the Stanley Cup. Jesus. You'd think that's all the uh, pooping on people I have to do. Apparently, the refs are bad in the Colorado and Seattle series. I'm not sure. Everybody says refs are bad in every series. It's just one of those things where they let a lot of... The players don't really care that much during the regular season and calls could go either way, but then they get really offended and upset, and it's hard to tell if they're actually upset about something or if it was like kind of a good call or like a good enough call. There seemed to be a bad call last night. I don't know. Do I have the... Yeah, here is the play of that one. It ended up being a goal. So here's the goal. To the minor, and the officials say play on. Here's the booing. So that's Ty Cartier. I think this is his first NHL goal. I think he was playing college hockey like months ago. They just called him up. Welcome to the NHL. Welcome to the playoffs. What a debut. Save the puck. It's 2-1 Kraken. Was that his first game? That's wild. But then here's the penalty that they were complaining about. Oh, that's the... Let's watch. 
So here, is this a trip? A non-call down in the offensive zone for Colorado. McKinnon wants a It looks like he, the Kraken guy was falling down. It looks like he dragged his leg and tripped one of Colorado's best players. And then they go down a score. I don't know how mad they should actually be. It's hard to tell. You either call everything, you don't call anything. Which, what, what would you rather have it? Okay, let's go to the associate. Was that for the NHL games last night? Yeah. Tonight, Tampa and Toronto. Toronto has all the pressure on them to close the series out at home in Game 5. Game 5s are interesting because one team that's up 3-1, to one, they need to close it out. Otherwise, they go to the opponents. If you don't win Game 5, then Game 6 starts to get really weird. Game 5 also tonight, New York and New Jersey. The home team has not won a game in that series yet. And the Vegas Golden Knights could close out at home as well against the Jets. So a couple series on the line tonight in the, in the league. Let's go to the association. What happened last night? Well, we let off with Jimmy Butler getting a game-tying basket uh, for to send the game to overtime. Really amazing, amazing play from Butler. It was like a it was like a football pass. It was really awesome. I'm trying to find the highlight. Okay, so look at this angle. Barstool Sportsbook has this courtesy of someone named Mark. Check this angle. He's like, whoop! It looks like a bit of a push there. But regardless, uh, the Heat tie the game. And go to overtime. And then Grayson Allen screws it up. So right now it's 128 to 126. Grayson Allen thinks he's going to dribble drive. There's like 20 seconds left, 10 seconds left. Like an irrelevant amount of time. Let's watch Grayson Allen fuck this up. Again, Butler steps in front. Middleton. Allen has it. Down the lane. He's out of time. It took forever. Just like that's what his plan was. And the Heat beat the Bucks four games to one. They advanced in one of the biggest upsets in NBA history, perhaps. Let's see what Giannis Antetokounmpo had to say. Maybe the greatest player in the world at this point in time uh, in his press conference. Giannis, was this season a failure? Oh, my God. Uh, okay, because... Yeah, so it looks like he's mad and frustrated, and I imagine he's so good with the media. He, does, he takes it like a man. I got to respect him for that. Elsewhere in the association... The Warriors win a tight one on the road with the Kings. The Kings went up two games to nothing in that series, and now it's uh, 123 to 116. De'Aaron Fox uh, did play. He played okay, 24 points, not too bad. The, the Kings just don't have a second pitch. They need another guy, and he's got the, the broken finger, and that's how that goes. The Knicks dummy the Cavs on the road in Cleveland. The Cavs were never a serious basketball team, and the Grizzlies stay alive against the Lakers. It looks like the Lakers came out. They noticed that the Grizzlies were scared of losing the series, and then the Lakers kind of packed it in. Like they tried hard, but they didn't, nobody got hurt. John Morant is a freak show athlete. Just a freak show athlete. 31 points, 33 points for someone named Desmond Bain for the Grizzlies. Anthony Davis at 31 for Los Angeles. And LeBron James with a double-double, but I think that they just like were. They noticed that they weren't going to win this one, and then they were like, yeah, let's go home. Why are we killing ourselves? Let's just let's just go home. Let's move over to the NFL. Today is an NFL day. First big news, two things. Chase Young, the former second round, you know we'll do that later. Aaron Rodgers announced that he will not be taking Joe Namath's number. Which was something that everybody was discussing, and Joe Namath had kind of hinted that he would say yes. And then Aaron Rodgers shows up. I think he showed up in a number eight jersey. He's going to wear number eight. And that made Jets fans 
aroused. They now love Aaron Rodgers. He's a team guy. It is, it's just so funny. The Batman quote, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Self-fulfilling prophecy, maybe. This motherfucker, retire, will he retire? He dragged his shit out for three years only to get traded to the Jets. Does that sound familiar? Fascinating. Chase Young had his fifth-year option declined. That means after the end of this year, he will be a free agent from the Washington Commanders and that he is perhaps on the trade block, and that will segue us to the NFL draft. Let's go through the top six picks from the 2020 draft, a draft that made me an ass-ton of money because picking this shit, it was too easy. The first overall pick, Joe Burrow, picked himself. Apparently, the Cincinnati Bengals loudly and clearly told everyone to fuck all the way off. They were not trading the number one overall pick. So that was easy. Number two overall pick was Chase Young. The number three overall pick was Jeff Okuda. Chase Young was the best DN prospect that has ever come out. If not, he was top two with Jadavion Clowney. He was amazing. Maybe the best college football player ever graded by like PFF and all these other teams. Best college player of all time, pound for pound. Bust. He's a little lazy. He's got injury prone and Washington doesn't want to deal with this shit. Number three overall pick, Jeff Okuda, the best cornerback prospect to ever come out. Bust. He's not really bust. He might have... The problem with Jeff is that when you're a corner, you have to be in complete in complete denial. Like nothing bad ever happens to me. Every single play is the first play of your career. He's too smart and thoughtful for that. He doesn't have the confidence to just be cocky. Bust. Chase Young and Jeff Okuda, the best prospects at their respective positions from The Ohio State University, gone. Andrew Thomas, who's a great, great left tackle. That was easy. That's the pick that made me the most money. I'm so proud of I knew the Giants would like him. He's just got their personality. He's a top five left tackle in the NFL right now. On certain, certain days, he's number one. Certain days, he's like four or five. He's really elite left tackle. Andrew Thomas is awesome. Not a bust. However, however, the New York Giants selected Andrew Thomas because they had just the year previous selected Daniel Jones. And the Detroit Lions selected Jeff Okuda because they had Matthew Stafford on a relatively team-friendly deal. And the Washington, not going to say that words, had selected Chase Young because they had just the year previous selected Dwayne Haskins. However, everybody who has watched football looked at Dwayne Haskins and Daniel Jones and thought, those guys can't play football. Daniel Jones now is like a bajillionaire at playing football, kind of. But then, in pick five and six, the Miami Dolphins select Tua Tagovailoa. Now, Tua was hurt at the time. And apparently, according to efficiency, uh, he basically has never lost games that he has started and finished. He's got injury problems, and I hear or read that he's doing jujitsu to learn how to fall correctly. Tua, not a bust. Incredibly valuable. The Miami Dolphins will be a Super Bowl favorite because they were able to use other picks, some of which they had to forfeit, which we'll talk about in a second, because they were tampering. And they still have Tua on like a $0 deal because he's a rookie, and they're a Super Bowl favorite. And the sixth overall pick is Justin Herbert, a franchise quarterback who will be a bajillionaire. So, all of this is leading me to say those are the best prospects at their respective positions, perhaps ever. And then a tackle, great. And they were drafted by teams that had quarterbacks they liked on their roster. They believe in them. Build the team around the shut the fuck up and draft the quarterback. Draft the quarterback. Draft the quarterback. Let's get into the draft. Got some best for you. Bryce Young is now minus 5,000 to go first overall. That means if you bet $5, you would win 10 cents. So that news has been leaked. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, it's always been him. I thought it would be CJ Stroud for this entire assignment. I, it, it was always him. He was always the best. I mean, if you flash, flash back to last year, it was like, yeah, Bryce Young. 
He's really short, but yeah, but Bryce Young. Number two overall pick. The heavy favorite is Will Anderson. It's starting to figure out what I've been saying the entire time, that the Texans understand that they suck and are going to suck, and they're going to do exactly what they did with Chase Young. So this is a little different because the Texans, the Lions did this a couple of years ago. This is different than what Washington and Detroit and New York did in 2020 because they don't have a quarterback they like. They are tanking. <laughs> and you might as well tank and give a generational prospect. They also have the 12th overall pick next year, they all, or this year. They also have two picks next year, including one of which is Cleveland's, and they're not going to get better, right? I mean, would you think Cleveland's going to win 10 games? No. So they're going to take Will Anderson. It's been obvious to me the whole time. He's a freak show. They will have the best left tackle in the NFL. Uh, they'll have Will Anderson. They'll have Derek Stingley. They, they, they will have some things to build around. They'll suck again next year. They'll get a quarterback. Because they're whether or not next year's class is better than this one is irrelevant. The question is, are there quarterbacks that will be drafted in the top 10 next year? Yes, there are somewhere between two to five. Number three overall pick. This is where it gets weird. The Cardinals are trying to trade out of this pick. Everybody knows it. If the Texans take Will Anderson, that means that the number three overall pick might not be something that the Cardinals can trade out of. If they can trade out of it, I firmly believe that a team like Tennessee, Vegas, the Patriots apparently really like this. I think that Anthony Richardson is going through overall because I think that they are going to trade out of it. They're going to look at their roster and be like, we suck. It's unclear if Kyler Murray will be able to play football this year. So they are tanking hard for one of these other guys too. They're in a two-year tank. They got rid of everybody that can play. By the way, DeAndre Hopkins will be traded tonight probably. Um, so Anthony Richardson, three overall for me. Number four overall is Will Levis. I mean, he's going to be a Colt. I just, he's just, he's going to be a Colt. And if it's not Will Levis, it'll be CJ Stroud. So Anthony Richardson is plus 1600 to go three overall. But the number four overall pick has better odds, like, or worse odds. So the NFL knows that the Colts are taking a quarterback. So it's, it's just obvious. The Colts don't even have to move up, probably. The Texans might take a quarterback, but I don't think they will. They have a coach that's trying to commit culture. They're doing it to your tank. Look what the Detroit did. It totally works. Top five picks. So when we go to the top five picks, this is all from FanDuel Sportsbook. And when you are betting on someone you think is going to be in the top five, you want to take a reach. Like, it's not like CJ Stroud being a top five pick. Minus 470, like the odds on that are bad because they think that's going to happen. Will Levis is like going to be a top five pick. Christian Gonzalez is the best corner in the draft class, I think. He's super fast. He's from Oregon. I think that the Cardinals might take him. I think that the Seahawks might take him. So that, I mean, and the odds are plus 1600. So for plus 1600, a $10 bet makes you 160 bucks. That's the kind of bet you make on the, on the draft. Uh, like, for example, Peter Skaronsky, if the Cardinals are unable to move the pick, Peter, betting on Peter Skaronsky to go third overall or be a top five pick at plus 2,500, watch this, 10 bucks. Oh, that's the wrong, wrong one. Peter Skaronsky, $10 wager, $250. Because if they can't move it, they got to draft a lineman, right? If you're going to rebuild and then drafting a lineman isn't going to improve their win total, they'll still suck. To be a top 10 pick, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Receiver going in top 10 is just going to make too much sense. He's the best one. Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. That's what I like for betting. The other, only other one I like is over-under number of quarterbacks drafted in round one. The over-under is four and a half. Hendon Hooker, the quarterback from the University of Tennessee, I think is going to go as well. But watch these teams that specifically the teams I'm talking about are Detroit and Seattle. Watch them fuck this up. Both Detroit and Seattle are drafting in the top 10 for picks that aren't theirs. They should absolutely take a quarterback. It does not matter which one. There are no prospects better than a quarterback on the cheap deal. None. And the quarterback on your roster, if they're willing to take a 90% pay cut, they can stay. If not, get out.
It's finally here, and then we'll be in the doldrums of an NFL-less spring. Okay, see you Friday. <laughs>